0: Welcome to the Filament Games Podcast, a show dedicated to game based learning. Here are your hosts, Brandon Pitzer and Dan Norton.
1: Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to the Filament Games Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Brandon Pitzer. I do the marketing here at Filament. I've got my other host with me. I'm an additional host. My name is Dan Norton.
2: Uh, I'm the chief creative officer at Filament. Hello, Dan. How are you doing today? I'm good. Got a got a functioning microphone. You know, makes right, me feel don't good. Don't brag. Don't yeah. brag. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not everybody has functioning microphones, Brandon. It's a time. It's a good time to be grateful. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone has a fully functional Razor Siren Mini um, at their disposal. Um, <laughs> but the people on this call do including our guest for today Carrie Ray Hill. Hi Carrie.
0: Is this on? Hello. Yeah.
2: You sound like well, you sound <laughs> like an angel.
0: Yes. <gasps> mm. i yes. Kathleen Turner, but I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: um so today uh, for the podcast we're going to be talking about sort of a state of the union uh with icivics which is uh where carrie works um carrie and icivics have been our partners for many many years um extremely important relationship for filament and also an extremely important uh offering and uh pedagogical solution for america Um, because icivics was founded uh back in 2009 by supreme court justice sandra day o'connor Um, Her aim was to ensure that all Americans have the knowledge and the will to participate in our unique experiment in self-governance. And it is nothing if not unique. Uh, (laughs) Since then, uh, since she founded it, iCivics has become the nation's uh, premier nonprofit civic education provider of high quality, nonpartisan and engaging in free resources to more than 9 million students every year. And that's in every state, all 50 states of the United States, so this really equates to the vast majority of our nation's middle and high school students, um, and yeah, it just represents a, an extremely impactful program that is reaching a ton of young minds um, at a very important moment in our nation's history. Um, <clears throat> so, so that's I Civics. Um, quick introduction for Carrie, um, since she's. Going to be the person who is delivering this State of the Union address, which I will be punctuating with questions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Carrie gets to help uh, make fun stuff that helps teachers teach and learners learn. Her official title is Senior Director of Digital Learning at iCivic. Mm -hmm. So she oversees the concepting and development of games and digital tools. She is a stickler for the old, but will this work in the classroom question? I've heard her say it many times myself. Um, And she puts teacher usability as her top priority um, before joining iCivics over a decade ago. (laughs) Exclamation point. Um, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I am reading straight from the notes there. That's not my editorial.
2: It's not my editorial. (laughs) Um, I was there, Gandalf, a thousand years
1: ago. Don't quote the old magic to Carrie is basically the lesson here. Um, (laughs) So uh, Carrie taught middle school uh, and high school social studies before her role at iCivics and language arts in St. Louis and Washington, D.C. And in addition to seeking out the very finest of cheeses, Carrie spends her spare time watching British panel shows and cleaning up after her empire-leaning Star Wars fan child.
0: Yep, that's where I'm at, folks.
1: So there you go. That's Carrie. Um all right so we're going to talk like I said about iCivics today. I think um it's worth mentioning that you know I did emphasize that our experiment is unique and it's uh you know increasingly unique every day it feels like um in terms of our <laughs> Our civic system in America. And so, you know, obviously these trends, uh, what's going on with um, how people view the government, how people participate in civics uh, has a big impact in terms of like how iCivics uh, operates and, um, you know, approaches this very sensitive and uh, important topic. So um, in terms of like the major trends that we've seen in the last four years or so that have kind of shaped the way that iCivics participates and, um, you know, put, generates content. Um, what do you think you've seen primarily Carrie?
0: Yeah. Hi guys. Thanks for having me. I just ease into the state of the union with, with some kind words. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, you know, civics was always, even when I was teaching it kind of like that other class that you have to take maybe, or, you know, this, the sleeper hit of senior year. Um, it, it, just really wasn't a thing. Um, and, just in the last 10 plus years that I've been with civics, um, there's been a change. Like it's really been growing. And I think people are looking to civic ed really for a Band-Aid, an answer, um, a direction forward. It just, I think people are realizing that maybe having it on the back burner for so long is um, not the best idea for our, you know, union. And um So I I think, so there's been more attention paid on paid to it. And we've been hopefully trying to be pushing that a little bit more and getting more people to pay attention, um, which we can get to later. Um, but also this last, I don't know what, since 2020, (laughs) it's been some of the hardest years for teachers, probably in at least my lifetime, definitely my teaching career, if, and probably my teacher's teaching career. Absolutely, And and
1: that's, that's beyond civics. That's across the board for sure.
0: Right. So, Just on the civic side, a contested election, um, classroom content controversies, then the pandemic. I mean, any of those alone would be enough to kind of make you look at your coffee, cold coffee sitting on your desk going, Whew, this is a job. But all of it together kind of is just off the hook. So Right. That's what the kids say. Off the hook. Um, but anyway, that, that it's <laughs> been really. Very
1: recently, they yes, started. Those are
0: though, those
2: contemporary like kids. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I told you, I've been yeah. somewhere at a job for over ten years, so you know I'm <laughs> of age. Um, yeah. <laughs> but basically, so
2: fresh lingo. <laughs> I'm
1: a yeah. daisy.
0: I'm a yeah. daisy. Um, <laughs> so teaching is crazy town, and by definition, being a student's kind of crazy right now. Um, And then on the other side, the civics world is a little upended. So it's a really interesting time to be at iCivics (laughs) to do the things that we do. Um, But what we've tried to do is basically stay focused, keep our teachers and our students and our classroom experiences leading us as always. Um, We we haven't gone on any tangents or really changed what we do. We just do more of it and hopefully better um, and really try to get out these resources that teachers, parents, and and administrators and folks can trust to be like, hey, we're not here to sell a partisan story. We're not here to, you know, warp your kids' minds or whatever that means. But, you know, we're out there to at least get across the basics of our government, the Constitution, and our history. Um, And so it's, again, it's, I wouldn't say it's the easiest thing in the world to dedicate your career to, but it's an important one, so... You know, Carrie, what do you think
2: about, uh, you know, I've been working with you for a billion years at this point. Mm. Um, You know, how uh, over the years, I know that the iCivics has had to face this over and over and over again, but what is, how do you distinguish between partisan and political? I guess that's kind of, Oh Lord. that's how I see like the tension that iCivics. Yeah.
0: You know, Partisan is the easier word to describe, right? And to say that we don't do that because partisan is clearly like saying we're going to pick a party or a platform or a candidate or an issue and just do whatever we have to do within our content and within our stuff to promote it, right? Or to say we are are for clearly one side and the other side is clearly wrong. Um, This thing called like a plurality of views is another way to look at nonpartisan Um, and it's... It's really thinking about like okay, so our country is really diverse. There's lots of different thoughts and ideas. Some of them are unreasonable and like way on the fringes. Most of them are within reason and can be disagreeing with each other, right, in a space that's civil. Um, I don't think most of us hold like feel that right now, but that's that that's right. probably the most real part of this. Um, political includes basically a lot of what civics is, right? Voting and picking personally a party that you do want to vote for or a candidate that you believe in or an issue that you want to fight for. Um, And so I don't really see them as disconnected in one way, but also completely different in another. And that, you know, political content is understanding politics. And if you're getting out there being a civically engaged person and not understanding politics, you're not, you know, you need a little, little more information. So It it is not a line that I think I've ever heard defined well, to my my belief. So, my lack of skill here is, uh, it has good company. I'll put it that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you and I have thought about that problem a million times over. I think part Mm -hmm. of it that I've thought about is like, from a sufficiently partisan perspective, like everything can ultimately become partisan. Right, so there's there's even attention, it. yeah, yeah. yeah it, attention between partisan politicals, and also the perspective of partisanship is also eager to claim more and more things into the arena of being partisan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I, I'm sure if I'm sure if you and I went to a donut shop, <laughs> and we spent a little time workshop, we could figure out which donuts would be the most partisan donuts and why uh, different political parties would choose one donut versus another.
0: Yeah. I, I think the political machine has just claims whatever it runs over. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it's left in the dust later. But I guess when it comes to like when we make content, if you say, Oh, you've made a game about running for the white house. That's political. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. how It it's partisan. Nope. Right. There are parties in it. Yep. Right. So the the idea is that, and this is always my example, you can run as a Republican or a Democrat in that game. You can win or lose with either party based on your skill and your attention to detail. Um, and I, you know, we've had that game out for what, 10 years? Mm -hmm. It's been some time. And I would say the equal amount of kids and adults saying you're biased. I can't win as a Democrat or you're biased. I can't win as a Republican. Same amount. Of people, uh-huh. right? So for me, I'm not going to expect people to love everything that we do constantly, but uh-huh. if the partisan feedback is equal, <laughs> right, yeah, then no okay, means. right? And I have reached out to people that have come at us from both sides on that and being like, oh, okay, well, how did you apply fundraising to your game? Oh, I didn't. Or how did you use the state polling information to your benefit? Oh, right. So it's yeah. it's, we work so hard to make it not that way that Mm -hmm. people are going to still find what they're looking for if they look hard enough. Right. But if we stop and go, what is the learning objectives? What are we asking people to do in a game? Um, in that game, there's no way not to be a partisan player, but Mm -hmm. I always urge play as a Republican and as a Democrat, like you're going to see different issues. You're going to see different challenges. All the polling information in the game itself is is made up and, and randomized. So like, it's it's on you, right? Be the player, play the game. Uh, don't you know? Don't necessarily get too bogged down um, in your first play. And I would say that for any game, but like like I said, with the partisanship, I have not had a game come out one way or the other where mostly people on the liberal liberal side or the conservative side are more more curious to engage me, right, <laughs> on, on choices that we made in the game. I'll put it that way. Because it's based on all like super, super dry, boring content that civics has been taught as for years. And then what we do with you guys, too, is like add the jazz, right? We, we add we add the blue <laughs> yeah. um, and make it fun. And um, that's Norton,
1: the jazz man, we the, know jazz. That. <laughs> yeah. the jazz adder. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's no way to do what we do and not have political content. There's absolutely ways to do what we do and not be partisan. I guess that's the the cleanest cut I can make.
1: So when you talk about like the you know the intended learning objectives, um, you know beyond just like uh, like right, you're you're giving the player the opportunity to you know participate in in like a level of partisanship that is like you know equally available. They can ex- yep. they can access either side of that and participate in it. So you know taking a step back, like what are the high level learning objectives you're looking to create? With these iCivics games like what's kind of the strategy there
0: yeah so we always look at there's like a three-tier system basically there's like knowledge of like how many years you get to be the president in a term duh right like you can figure learn that quickly and remind it remind yourself easily of that there's skill level and that's more of like how do you apply information from a polling in a game to like a fundraising activity in your game that's a skill and then the kind of like holy grail of any education anywhere is dispositional change or dispositional action or takeaways. And so that's where like, can I draw a straight line from a kid playing cast your vote or win the White House to them being a like active voter when after they're 18? It cannot. <laughs> that would be a dream study that nobody wants to pay for. Um, but it would really <laughs> be something that we can say, oh, before the game, do you really see any point in this conversation around voting? And then after you play the game, like, do you see any value in maybe voting in the future? And so we're, we're trying to do like little little ways to get at that. But basically, do you see a purpose or a reason to invest in your community? Do you know how to invest in your community and engage in your community? Um, that could be literally going to a town hall meeting that could just be picking up a piece of trash guys. Like it's it's not heavy duty lifting, but also, um, speaking publicly, uh, interacting with elected officials, giving feedback to the people that are representing you. Like there's all kinds of stuff beyond voting too, but that's the dispositional space that since we live in the the K-12 world, we don't get a handle on so much, but we can get at and find ways to engage students to actually try to get their skills like boss level, but then the confidence and the the why of the disposition. And, and by playing a game and role playing in a game, you tend to kind of see why, whether you believe it or not, at that point, you at least have been exposed to, oh, I guess this is something I could, you know, pull off, maybe not be the president, but I could at least like understand why they're talking about electoral votes all the time.
1: That's really interesting. I think, I mean, you know, you're right that it's like, because the audience skews a little bit younger, like the dispositional change isn't immediately actionable for them. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think there is a ton of value in setting people up with like all of the knowledge they could possibly require to hit the ground running when they are of age to participate as a citizen. Um, I want to go back a little bit in terms of like, what we were saying about the, just like the, the general demand for what yeah. iCivics is doing. Um, cause I'm, you know, I know that, um, I know that a lot of people are really interested in, in more political participation these days. And, you know, there's a lot more political awareness. Um, and so, um, can you speak to like kind of any of the, the research behind how you're prioritizing, um, the way that you're developing content and the kinds of content you're putting out?
0: Yeah. So uh, Frank Luntz, you may have heard of him. <laughs> he's, he's a big deal in some areas. Um, but in 2020, he had done a study of over a thousand folks and asked what could heal the country's divides. Right. Like it, there was all kinds of options um, like <laughs> forced service in the military or, you know, lo- lots of different things. And when it came down to it, um, like oh, some other options were like less money in politics, um, easier access to voting, stricter re- regulation of social media. I mean, there were some pretty extreme things in the list, too. But oddly enough, civic education for students in K-12 was the number one pick that both sides of the political spectrum agreed on. Like, this was over half of respondents pick wow. civic ed over all the rest of them. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of powerful to, to see mm-hmm. that. Um, whereas, like, a na- year of national service or what other things might sound like it'd be a, a – more adult direct option that there seems to be like belief that maybe education does happen. Like maybe it helps, maybe it's something we should invest in. Um, So that was really important. And it was also the only one with the majority of votes in either party affiliation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, to say like civic ed is a liberal agenda or a conservative agenda, like you, you can put the word patriotic versus you know engagement, and we can start playing the partisan space all over the place. But sure. it comes down to it, understanding how our government works, understanding the role of the re- a resident in a space in a community within their community and beyond is something that everybody thinks might help. Um, and so that's really like a buoyed, buoyed, buoyed us a bit. Um, sure, kind of to know that we're not fighting in this in a in a cave somewhere where nobody really cares or thinks we're going to make a difference here. And so um, yeah.
1: It implies some level of common ground to the perceived value of doing this, this kind of education and and helping, you know, disseminate these understandings. Yeah. You can't help but wonder though, like when people picture civic education,
2: what are they picturing?
0: Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I have to have, I'm not an optimistic person. In fact, I am known across all of my work environments as like the rain cloud. That is my, that is my I bring lots of thunder and lots of wontons and chicken littleling. It's my skill. And I'm almost always right. But <laughs> in this way, I am optimistic in that it's interesting if that many people agree that civic ed is a thing that's needed. I'm curious about how they, you know, like it's almost like if we were to dig deeper into that, like 58 and 53 percentile, like if we just had a crazy long list of all the topics, there's probably also a lot of overlap there, too. Right, yeah. where the people start wanting to, to like have books banned or like for right. you know you have to do this to, to graduate, you know, protest or whatever. Those are extremes, and I'm not really considering them as part of like the the norm, right? Or mm-hmm. or the 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 large, wide middle. Um, and so when it comes down to it, those other extremes are going to get all the coverage and all the news um, and all the attention. But I think if you were to talk to teachers. And most, you know, like most folks are just like, we need to understand the three branches of government, understand how to and why to vote. You know, like there, there's a lot of things I think there would also be in common if we did go down that middle road. Mm-hmm. Yes, we may use words differently, right? We may call something this versus that. But I still think there's a there's kind of a thread that lives in the middle. Um, and we try to. Walk that thread. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up my metaphors, guys. I made it
2: this far. I, there's no better metaphor than a mixed metaphor.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I, we walk that thread every day. Of like, yeah. I'm not here to to deal with the you know uh, the sides. I'm here to deal with what is that thread that we all share and that we need to know, um, mm-hmm. and how to also empower kids to find their own answers. That's a skill that matters more than literally anything I can do in life. If I could have a kid graduate using our stuff or even my own child you know go out into the world and be a critical thinker I'm done like I don't need to teach you anything else all the knowledge skills and dispositions you develop from that from that ability to be a critical thinker and a evidence based reasoning human being I'm done my job is done right and so we try to have all of that within our content as much as possible and give kids options give give kids again a plurality of views to understand that this is not one big agreed upon country. We never have been. We're never going to (laughs) be. But, you know, we can probably find ways and develop skills to at least engage a little bit more functionally.
1: So, you know, you, I mean, you're right, though. It is it's a big project um, about <laughs> about a big country. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking of that, I'm curious to know um, with all this you know, new activity, new attention on iCivics, um, I know or on Civics in general, I know iCivics has experienced some growth. Um, so where are you at like staff wise and um, in terms of like adoption to like how many students and teachers are out there? What are your what are your game plays at these days and so on?
0: Yeah, so like 50ish, may not sound like a big staff, but let me take you back to 2010. <laughs> there there I was number 4. We were in the basement of Georgetown Law Library. I'd oh, wow. share a study carol with law students who didn't want me there. And that was like that was my workspace, right? We were just kind of a project. And <laughs> um in 12 years, I'll go ahead and This is it. like
1: the, the hero or, or the villain origin story for the rain cloud, His, I was abused by law students.
0: It was the rain wrap <laughs> the night before, and I did it every day <laughs> at the train station, and it was great. Um but yeah, so like we had a really crazy, we've had like two crazy growth spurts and we're in the middle of like our biggest one. Um, we were like, ooh, we've got 12 people. Ooh, look at us. But now we're 50. Um, we're getting towards 50 on a Zoom call most most mornings. That's wild. Um, wow. Because we're supporting 9 million students. And I, I don't like, as a teacher who like maybe complained about having like 150 kids to grade on a daily basis, like blows my mind. Um Six or 26.2 million game plays, I think, at this point across our 12 or 15 games. Um, let's see. And I think the teachers, as far as like teachers that we engage with that use our stuff, we've got over 145,000. So those numbers, again, may not mean a whole lot to anybody, but they mean a lot to me because I, I, that helps me understand that like of those 145,000 teachers, how many kids do they have, right? And how many kids are engaging with our content, even if it's just a single lesson plan or one game or whatever. Um, that's like a massive responsibility on our heads. And it's, it's one that I we all cherish, right? Because it's, it's such an opportunity to do that. And a lot of us are teachers, uh, former teachers. And so we understand like the, the gravity. Of mm-hmm. what it takes to create content and then act like ask teachers to use it. So, um, we're out there, man. And like in 2020 election season, we had over 10 million gameplays. Um, just in the just election.
1: during that election season.
0: Yep, and we had wow. I think it was 26.2 million gameplays
1: this year. I was going to say that's got to be Not just overall. this year, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're
0: like in the hundreds of millions now for overall, but like right. this is just a snapshot of a year. Um, My goodness. Yeah. So, and part of our, our staff, just to say, like, we don't have 50 people writing content and making games. Um, We do, we have increased the size of the team that does that, but we really are now kind of broadening our mission to make sure that democracy is a thing, like the practice of it and the understanding of it is is really learned by each new generation. So this is one of O'Connor's kind of sticks is like, it's not passed down in the gene pool, right? Like I don't, see Mm -hmm. any flyer with iCivics that doesn't have that quote on it because it's just so (laughs) strong it's like you actually have to make the effort you have to teach this stuff um and so staying the top provider right that's that's where i'm at that's that's my life um but we also look at catalyzing a larger movement with other organizations to try to keep the attention and the effort and the content available um to make sure that teachers have that and then also just making sure it's prioritized um you know, in policy and funding and support, because um, we've been very grassroots with what we do, right? Teachers find out about us, they get obsessed with us, they love us, they tell their friends, more teachers use us. Um, And now it's really how can we make sure that districts understand that we're available, states understand that we're available, and kind of look at like, you know, getting getting more of like, hey, we're serving you guys, just know Mm -hmm. that, right? Like, know that we're serving you, tell your teachers too. And so we're doing like both was it grass tops and grassroots? Um, kind of <laughs> Grass
2: top. Never heard grass top.
0: This, this is this is outside of my skill set. Apologies yeah. to those of you who do organizing, but that's. I, that's I do have now.
2: like a super nerdy question that might Please. also not be one that you're into, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, the <laughs> for all, like you know, so Isaacvix is kind of a standalone exemplar for an organization to do game based learning. There really is no other single. Focused Mm -hmm. entity that has had the type of impact and outreach using a game based learning strategy than iCivics. I'm curious, uh, you mentioned sort of reaching out, you know, at multiple tiers of, yeah, the grass top versus grassroots and like how to reach out to districts. And so, how much of iCivics's growth was like driven by district? outreach versus teachers just picking it up and telling other teachers
0: i still think those numbers that i gave you guys today are the numbers that are still based on grassroots teacher to teacher i see um, okay the district and state level thing is where we've been growing and and making the efforts and with more intent so i would say 99 percent of that has been teacher to teacher
2: yeah that's yeah, always uh yeah it's always blown my mind but like you guys have been so incredibly successful with the impact you've had, I would have thought like seven, eight years ago that we have seen more, more organizations coming out with like single topic focused education Mm -hmm. goals being like, ah, we should, we should do what iCivics does, but for uh, traffic safety, right? Some kind of like focused, focused concept that is like, could really use a, a a game-based learning, like, cross-curricular approach but Mm -hmm. yeah you guys just sort of stand alone you're like a lonely lonely gods on your cloud and yeah
0: (laughs) my cloud reigns um yeah yeah, the i think part (laughs) of it is that we don't because when i hear like game-based learning solution or whatever i think of like some big system that you have to get like onboarded on and you have to get real fancy with and and whatever and what we do and i think it's really part of our success is that I look at our games, our lessons, our, you know, document based question tool, all this stuff is different different tools that go into a toolbox that we give teachers. So one teacher might be really good at carpentry, right and use some of our tools towards that end or one teacher might be really good at electric stuff. <laughs>
2: So, yeah. Go on. yes yes but anyway
0: you're going to use different tools for different projects different tools okay. for different goals and for me like i have some teachers that are just like so deep into the game space right like they use right. our games and they're like we have lesson plans yeah 300 of them no big deal um whereas i have <laughs> other teachers who use our lesson plans religiously like wait a minute you guys have games i'm like yeah we're kind of famous for it so different and actually that's kind of a challenge for us right because some teachers have just seen iCivics as my tool for this purpose and our job is to really say not we're a toolbox with a bunch of different tools and if you don't know how to use this monkey wrench we're going to help you with you know support materials and and videos and stuff but um it just seems like there's so many ways that we try to reach the teacher where they're at and bring her along into incorporating games if she's never done that before or incorporating inquiry if she's not done that before. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's also part of our success is that we didn't tell you you had to adopt it immediately, right? It's like a you have a little taste and you want a little bit more, right? It's huh. like a it's, you know, you need a whole bucket of chicken. That's where you got it. That's a goal.
2: <laughs> so there's chicken in the toolbox. And if you need to get the chicken, yeah, yeah you just, yeah, yeah. Hot, got, so it. I'll, I'll got it. Got it. <laughs> it's, right. ama- it's, it's These are a lot do like do chicken do inside a toolbox when you think about it yeah
0: <laughs> and this is how i do it
2: yeah <laughs> they nodded their heads though i'm
0: gonna call it a win
2: <laughs> it's a win unequivocally <laughs>
1: yeah i'm still nodding actually uh, <laughs> some, some say still nodding to this day <laughs> <laughs> um so uh i want to switch gears a little bit to um the kinds of development trends that we're seeing as well so just like um differences in how we make games, you know, now, or I would Mm -hmm. say like in the past four years, which I think has been a rather, um, dynamic era of rapid change, um, in terms of how we, particularly in how we learn. Right. Um, so, um, Carrie, can you speak to any of like the new trends that we're, that we're seeing more just like in how we decide to produce content and then what goes into that content, what kind of features we equip it with?
0: Yeah. Um, The pandemic kind of threw a lot of people's attention around. Um, We work both with funders like grants and, um, you know, gifts and stuff. But we also we do it based on what we know needs to get taught. Right. So there's like this this agreement between partnerships and grants and also what we know our curriculum needs to be. Delivering, um, And so we've had some really cool partnerships. We've worked with the Council on Foreign Relations recently on a game called Convene the Council. That was amazing where we got to use all of their beautiful brain juice to make this game with all of their foreign policy expertise um, and create a game that while, you know, not foreign policy you know, fancy people level content, it is informed by all of that. So kids can really play and understand this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We worked at the Annenberg Center in Public Policy on Newsfeed Defenders, which is our media literacy game. Again, you know, I can become a low key, like lowercase e expert in anything, right? Because I'm a teacher and that's our jobs. And so anytime I make a game or write a lesson, I have to become a lower e expert in that topic but it's really cool to be able to work with capital E experts on stuff that like, this is their life. Like they actually spend many days thinking about one particular blink of an eye during a press conference or something
1: Something
0: (laughs) to them. And so I was going to ask uh,
1: what sorts of examples are like in terms of like the deep level, or I should say capital E expertise. um, You know, what are they bringing to the table that you can, anything you want to speak to there?
0: Yeah, um, my cat may have something to say in the background, so I apologize ahead of the time. Um,
1: oh, okay. Yeah, I hear that.
0: Yep. <laughs> Sorry,
1: guys. As a capital E about food, I assume. <laughs> <It> <laughs> Did is. you know that I've never had food?
0: <laughs> she's also deaf, so me telling her to shut up second
1: health. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. Um,
0: so all of the examples in our... Do I need to just stop until she's... No, you're or? fine. Yours okay. right. um, us- are going to love it.
2: It's somehow better this way. Yeah. <laughs> Readers the at home uh, will delight in it.
0: Yes. She's 15. She's deaf and she is very misanthropic. My cat. Um, okay. Community council had lots of scenarios and your job as the president is to kind of understand these scenarios. What considerations could go into your choice of either, you know, sending s- sanctions to a country and implant, you know, imposing sanctions on somebody or just ignoring it or, going to war and every single one of those scenarios were real life scenarios that we kind of scrubbed of names and places and, and, you know, kind of fictionalized. And I mean, I could have done that, I guess, but it would have taken me twice as long. I would not have had the like insights or the like, well, technically they didn't see this as an option because of X or because of Y. So if you can like connect the threads to the real, like actual um, choices and, like if, if one of my sweet baby kid nerds out there, if you want to play convene the council and then like research those scenarios, you can find like, oh, this is the Iran, you know, nuclear deal or, oh, this is I the, see. the um, Paris Accords or, oh, this is Afghanistan withdrawal or whatever. And you can kind of see that those options are actually the options that were kind of presented by the National Security Council to the president to do. Got it. So. Yep. I got the inside
1: scoop, basically. So they're, they're bringing that first-hand uh, experience yeah. that um, gives the game, uh, obviously, some very robust authenticity. Um, yeah, and I'd like to actually, like not that Carrie needs, I'd like to vouch for that
2: one, too. Like That project, um, you know, I've worked on a lot of games in my day on things about things, and I've had a lot of subject matter experts, but the community and the council team was uh really good really yeah. helpful like really provided really useful insights into how to make the content authentic and work and they were able to like talk to us about how to improve it for the purposes of tuning it for gameplay uh yeah that was a treat
0: and they're also like hardcore gamers at heart so they they were as interested in what we did yeah. in the game process to kind of, so it was just a, it was a love fest it was just like a beautiful nerd brain fun time <laughs> that's project. super cool
1: yeah that's super cool yeah very fortunate to have uh, them involved with that project um are there any other trends to speak to in terms of like the different kinds of you know development outcomes we're seeing or uh, you know basically different demand that we see from the audiences that we have for sure,
0: we've got um basically all when Flash died in twenty twenty. R A P, long live unity, etc. Oh man,
2: you know we used to have a producer named Flash, and you gave me like a momentary panic attack. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry Flash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was it's like oh, what well, Yeah,
0: no, no, no
1: he's no. fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. fine. Yeah, so I hope you're out fine out there, Flash. Hope you Shout out good. to Living Flash, no doubt listening, no doubt checking out his former employer's podcast. That's what. <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, as you do. As yeah. one does. It.
0: Um. So you know, we did a lot of stuff. And when we had to recreate our games in unity with you guys, it was a very busy year, 2020, 2021. And um, what we decided is we cracked those games open and really started over again, that we needed to meet um, better the needs of our students, right? We met them well with the game, but when we thought about who are our students, they're not all native English speakers. They're not all easy readers. Um, And so Honestly, also, ins- like inspired by and kind of supported by Justice Sotomayor, who is also our um, on our board. You know, we decided to do more with uh, supporting non-native speakers. So our games now, I think uh-huh. all but two, which we're working on updating, um, have a Spanish version, so you can play in Spanish the whole content. Awesome. So that that deals with uh, that population, but then also we have supports for English learners and multilingual learners. Um, ELs, MLs, sometimes you call them ELL, ESL, every letter in the book you can throw at this. But the idea is that we provide glossaries. We provide voiceover that makes a big help for kids who maybe struggle to read a little bit, no matter what language they're in and, um, like a support tool. So basically sometimes you have to make some really important choices in the game. And if you're a little lost, we've all been there in games, like you need a little help. And so we've really created the help. To also be more of like a literacy help of like what are the questions you know, in logic like what are we asking you to do let's break that down into two other questions and help you get there and so we've really i guess exploded a bit in who we consider our players and the kind of mm. support we think our players need um and
1: those it sounds yeah. like those supports kind of take the form of like just in time scaffolding yeah. that is sort yeah. of emerging as the player proceeds to the experience
0: right um Anna is our our character that tends to pop up and help you across all of our games. We, we just love her so much in the in the first game that we had, we decided to keep her. And mm-hmm. so she's she's always going to be a presence in our games to kind of be like, hey, I'm either your assistant or I'm your, you know, I'm a, a peer in the game and I'm, I'm just going to help you get over this hump if you need it.
1: Oh, that's you know, great. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a serialized character that appears in every season of the iCivics show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we have a flat Anna, Anna, that we have t- pictures and we we tag on facebook and, and the twitter and things too so oh that's amazing she's got a second life that's,
1: cool. <laughs> that's awesome all right so uh, you know in terms of like where we're seeing these new trends and these new features uh manifest what are some of the latest releases that we can talk about for i what's uh, what's lately been happening i know we spent some time discussing convene the council um yeah. but um what are some of the other titles that you're excited about right now
0: um, well, People's Pie is a game about the federal budget. Sit down. I know it's exciting. The federal budget is probably the most exciting content you can ever think of. I'm just are there right. charts? I know. Settle down. Um,
2: I'll give you one hint what kind of chart is featured prominently in this game,
1: Brandon. <laughs> I'm not going to guess. I don't, don't want to make a of Um There are more graphs in the game also. Simple <laughs> um, cool plot.
0: This, no. this, this game was um, created way back when I think 2009, and it died with Flash, not the real Flash, the uh, game Flash. He's, he's fine. And
2: yeah, he's fine. Hi, Flash. Still love Flash. you.
0: Um, and we didn't resurrect it quite right away because it just wasn't didn't make the, the cut in the prioritized lists of games. Yeah. And boy, did we hear about that choice. Um, we had teachers coming out of the water were going, "Yo, where's where's People's Pie? Where's People's Pie?" And then we're like really like we like the game and all but like okay that's the one you want and yep. so we were able to actually uh get the game going again um we prioritized it across any other internal projects that we did and that baby's uh that pie is coming out of the oven
1: yeah right? in october
0: yeah. um october yep. 6th or 9th i think sorry guys all I'm right that date. put um,
2: your pie how- hats
1: on people get your October 2022 and mark your calendars for early October ish.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's happening and it's really fun. Um, and the whole point is it's trying to demystify federal budget. Like what's mandatory spending, what's discretionary. You can cut and fund all kinds of programs. You feed people pie. It's a good game. All Um, right, We're excited about that. I'm sold. Yep, yeah. I oh,
2: yeah. yeah real quick uh, the, the federal budget is a pie and then you divvy up the pieces to each department and they they all argue about what things they need and then once the budgets set everybody gets you, you that the pie gets jammed in their face
1: and then they have yeah. yeah, it's very good. okay. at what point does the metaphor become mixed though? <laughs>
0: it stays pretty solid oh you're it, right that's fair
1: uh, <laughs> you said the mixed metaphors metaphors are best yeah so. when does the pie hit the road that's what i want <laughs> yeah that's yeah, question. <laughs> yeah. <Absolutely. laughs> the question yeah pie hits the pavement oh
0: um, yeah we may have held too true to that we're <laughs> too good at our own our own
1: metaphor <laughs> um, metaphor's too clean
0: yeah cast your vote is another game that i like to like talk about when i have a chance especially when elections are coming up because mm-hmm. that's a game where there's not a right answer um a lot of games when you think about it like in order to score you need to do the right thing and with cast your vote it's more of a practice and and evolution of your skills of researching your candidates or what referendum options you have before you and then making a choice based on that and then you get feedback of like bro did you even pay attention to what you were doing or did you vote based on what your initial kind of goals voting Mm. more. And so that's kind of a fun game to more of explore the experience and debrief about it. Cause all these games are really great about having debriefs, right? Like having really meaty conversations afterwards. Um, and then race to ratify. So full disclosure, I'm a history person. I'm married to a history PhD. Like that's, that's my life. And, you know, early on civics games didn't have that, right? It's just like plop you into a non time space and play. Um, and we've gotten more opportunities and we're going to make more history games. So race to ratify was our first. Mm-hmm. That's where you're kind of building up and understanding the different reasons for people wanting to ratify or not the constitution ratify or nah was my original game title pitch. It was, rejected um, <laughs> race ratify works. And so we are hope, you know, we've got some other games coming up about uh, constitutional compromises, um, historic, but they're also very relevant to today's civic choices and opportunities because that's the constitution. And um, so we're just looking to go in that direction. Um, I've already mentioned when the white house, which is a, you know, perennial favorite and newsfeed defenders. I mentioned also because media literacy is something that like, again, I would, if I had to just give my kid like one lesson, it's that critical thinking and critical reading, and like, don't be a dummy on the internet, please, for your mother. Um, so one of the ones, I mean, we, before, I'm doing a lot of hand gestures. Radio people.
2: They oh yeah, Our readers at home can't see the hand gesture. It's actually like a, I don't know, it's kind of like an Italian mafia kind of gesture. I'm
0: married to one
2: uh, yeah. Italian
1: mafia. It's a very popular mm-hmm. emoji these days. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we've got a game called uh, Branches of Power where you get to play all three branches. Because, I mean, off-season, when I say off whatever elections, it's it's a crazy, stupid term because every election matters and the local ones sometimes matter the most. So um, if you want to learn more about Congress, play LawCraft. If you want to learn more about process, um, you you know can get into, well, both LawCraft and Branches of Power, you get to be all the branches and it's pretty powerful. It's that's the name of the, the game. So all of those things are within the happy space. Yeah. Um, But honestly, like I think we've got 15 now, like go on and just play something. Nothing takes more than like 30 minutes. Um, some of them take 10. Uh, so,
1: you know, yep, they're all, all free to play. Uh, yeah. Technically, don't even need to log in to play them, so mm-hmm. it's it's very very accessible um, if you want to experiment with this stuff. Um, and it's, uh, I think, a really cool example of of you know, like Norton said, that it is very singular in terms of being a highly successful, highly adopted game based learning platform that is actually you know delivering on an extremely critical educational mission um, that is, I would argue, existential to our country. So. Uh, definitely hop on over to iCivics.org, uh, check it out, um, create an account so you can get wonderful promotional emails from Carrie, like I enjoy in my inbox, or just hop in and play those games and try them out. Um, those aren't promotional emails, Brandon. Carrie just writes those for you. Oh, that's just for me? Okay. Yeah.
0: No, that's just for you, Brandon.
1: Okay, never mind. You <laughs> won't get those emails. <laughs> You won't get those at all. Um, those are just mine. Um, you can contact me, and I will forward them to you, <laughs> <laughs> if, you if you're interested. Um, all right. Well, um, I think that you know. I think that wraps up our State of the Union on iCivics. Civics. Um, very exciting. I think now is the time where we all get up and do an interminable standing ovation <laughs> that goes for far too long. Um, that's usually how the State of the Union ends. I think so. Um, it. So yeah. Yeah, it's more like when you do, Brandon. You're just like Shia LaBeouf alone in a the theater. I mean, I'll take that. That's fun, yeah. too. Um, yeah. So to close out today's podcast, uh, as we've been doing, as has been our want for this season, uh, we're going to highlight a game design rarity, something that's way off the beaten path, something that you've maybe never heard of because no one actually ever made it. Um, so, um, you know, for, for an example of a game like that, I'm going to uh, give the microphone to Dan Norton. Yeah. Uh this is I think
2: yeah, this is like an iCivics deep cut is what it is. It's uh it's a game we made I don't even know when we made it. And like Brandon said, we didn't actually make it entirely. So it's I don't even empire. remember when we almost made it, but uh one of our initial rounds of development with iCivics, we were making a suite of games. I think the original branches of power was amongst them. And uh Quick aside, the original Branches of Power was also a pretty weird game. You, like, ran around on this big landscape with towers that were different types of legislative concepts, and you had to, like, control all three branches as separate little, like, nomadic agents.
1: Now that's uh, what I call them, mixed.
2: Yeah, that was a good game. <laughs> that one was dope. Uh, it was one of these games, like, inside the Flash Engine, we couldn't believe that we pulled it off. We're like, wow, this is, like, an isometric game. Uh, landscape of crazy yeah i don't know it was very cool but anyway even weirder was a game about uh the roots of our government which is a a game about uh, the topic was what are the different shapes of governments and the components like what's the anatomy of a different governments and how do they how do they work how do they treat their citizens how do they uh designate successors uh how do they secure rights how do they enforce their policies you know all the sort of aspects of how different governments can be built in different ways um there was uh hold on i have to do a little bit of live research there was at the time an interesting like sort of side project on the web oh it still exists uh called nation states that was like this uh yeah kind of like a weird sort of like yeah build build your your nation out of these pieces and i remember looking at that being like this is kind of a neat way to do it where you can think of a, a nation as like a an assembled machine of sorts um so we thought we would like go deep into the visualization of, of that idea rather than having it be just metaphor and I'd make a game where you assembled your government as like essentially like a giant machine. And in our case, we decided to pick like vehicles. So you would build these vehicles as they traverse the landscape of time. And it's you and all these other giant vehicles that are other nations, you know, moving across the course of history and you could add different you know kind of big giant gears onto your onto your government and uh they would change the shape of your government it would look different it had kind of a steampunky thing going for it
1: um so yeah it was like dope um, i'm i'm picturing like a jawa's sand crawler is yes, that very much that we're yeah talking
2: about okay yeah if you were to like get the mood board up on the screen you'd get like mad max jawa sand crawlers mm-hmm. stuff like that we like uh unfortunately what happened is is we made this game And what happened inside the game is you built like weird steampunk vehicles that traversed a landscape of time, which is what we intended. But the metaphor got so extended to that point that people were like, I don't, I'm not playing a game about building a government. I'm, I'm, I'm building the steampunk tank racing game. Mm, Sure. Uh, And uh, so the, the visualization, the abstraction was so far away from the original topic, which is also in itself an abstraction, <laughs> that uh that we got pretty near the completion of development and uh iCivics uh was like, hey, you know what? We all were working on this together, we all have been making this thing and it's cool, but it is just too freaking weird. <laughs> <laughs> this game is too bizarre to like release uh and have people be like, oh, yeah, of course, that's a great game about the, the state of different types of governments. <laughs> it's, it was, yeah. So so we had it, like, parked on a little, like, incidental page inside iCivics, being like, oh, here's an interesting thing. It wasn't part of the official Civics library, and it never got promoted or, like, you know, uh, shared. But people still found it. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. And at a certain point, it was taken down as we moved from probably one version of the site to another. And mm, people, sure. then I was very elated to find out there were, in fact, history and civics teacher weirdos out there. They're like, <laughs> hey, where'd that awesome steampunk tank nation building game go? That was great. <laughs> There's uh, dozens of us. Yes, exactly. There are <laughs> dozens of us. Yeah uh and uh so yeah so it was uh you know i wouldn't make the game again Mm. i guess that is that is a thing worth saying like if i look back on the design decisions that we made to get into it i would agree with the heartbreaker moment of this is too far of an abstraction sure Uh, i
1: think you know tying it back to the conversation we were having earlier about you know dispositional change i feel like the more abstract you make your abstraction. <laughs> yeah. The longer the road is uh, for that like transferences, you know, like getting that new understanding out of the game context and into any other context or just a universal context. I yep. think the more specific and bizarre you get in the game design, the more challenging that becomes. Yep. and
2: yeah, we were definitely reacting to the idea that we didn't want your we didn't want your government just to look like a circle with other circles inside it. And each circle had an icon that represented a government idea, right? That sounds terrible, right? But the visualization we picked was so vivid that it completely overwhelmed whatever the metaphorical connection was to the core concept. Uh, so uh, I will that was say that a, oh, the ahead.
0: intellectual effort and stuff that went into it, it will not be wasted. I have. I have plans for Rogue someday to 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 come to the forefront because it's an important set of learning objectives and it's a yeah. set of challenges. So um, I don't know when, but it's going to happen someday. It'll be
1: back. All right, that's exciting. So you heard it here first. Rogue two coming up, coming back. Um... It's be called RUG. There's more O's in it <laughs> yeah, this time. Extra O's. Ruge. Yeah. Rogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, that's that's an amazing inside scoop um, for anyone who tuned in to learn about the <laughs> the secret secrets of iCivics upcoming.
2: Yeah. And yeah, uh, just content. to double up we're a quick shout out to NationStates, which is still around. It's, if you still want to hang out in a cool, weird forum of people who like building hypothetical governments for entertainment, uh, NationStates.net is still there. Very cool. I've never heard of that. We will. It doesn't uh, look like they
1: went crazy or anything. So, OK. Yeah. All right. I'm seeing an image for something called Jennifer Government.
2: Yeah, yeah. That was a book by the the site is like affiliated with that. That book was like the Oh, it was
1: a novel. I see. Okay. Got it. Got Mm -hmm. it. All right, cool. Well, um yeah, shout out to Nation States. Uh we'll we'll highlight that in the in the uh the blog post when we put this up so you can click that click out to that and check it out um but yeah i think that kind of wraps it up for today so i want to thank carrie very much for joining us on the podcast again yeah carrie
0: it was my pleasure
1: and it was our pleasure too it's always a pleasure you're you're such a (laughs) well-behaved guest that never (laughs) causes any problems or anything like that Um, my mic always (laughs) works your mic always works yeah Your cat no cat is upstairs loud
0: screaming. Cat. it's fine it's fine yeah.
2: <laughs> i do want to say too that carrie said that they are a thunderstorm but they are in fact a ray of sunshine so which probably was self-evident for everybody out there but hey you can't have rain it a little bit of rain hey. that's right,
0: yes. Yes. That's, right. <laughs> that's, my,
1: that's my like
0: <laughs> i just shut you down let me tell you about the rainbow that's coming next
1: all right yeah the the rainbow represents carrie's promise to us all um all right and on that note uh, we're gonna wrap up today's podcast (laughs) so thank you all for listening um and uh thanks again carrie for joining us we'll see you all next time
0: thanks for listening to the filament games podcast If you'd like to hear more about games, game-based learning, and what's happening at our studio, subscribe today on iTunes or Stitcher, and be sure to visit us at our website, filamentgames.com.